thankful for the visitation of the Lord we had this weekend. We're going to continue this month of January of rebuilding and building uh, ourselves, putting ourselves in a better place. I am excited about what I feel the Lord uh, has prepared for us this year. And I know that at this point in time, I need to get a little closer to Him. I hope you feel that way. Acts chapter 20, if you will turn with me for a few moments tonight. Acts the 20th chapter. I gave them one verse, but I'm actually going to begin reading in verse number 17. And I'm just going to skip through it for the sake of time. But it's portion of scripture that I feel the Lord has uh, spoken to me from and I tried to get away from it and go a different direction and here I am right back so we're going to we're going to try to be sensitive and follow the leading of the Lord Acts chapter 20 verse number 17 and from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. Speaking of Paul, and when they were come to him, he said unto them, you know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after that manner, I have been with you all seasons, serving the Lord in all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews and how I have kept back nothing that was profitable unto you but have shown unto you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that the bonds and afflictions shall abide me. Skipping down a few verses, he said in verse 27, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all of the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the churches of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure shall grievous wolves enter into or enter in among you and not spare the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, everybody remember what that word means. Therefore, stop and see what it's there for. There's a reason. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not 
to warn everyone night and day with tears. Verse 32 is my focus verse tonight. Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you. Amen. Which is able to build you. To build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. My subject for a few moments tonight, the builder's source. Amen. The builder's source. There is, in fact, a company in Houston that is called the builder's source. That's not where I got my subject from, but it is indicative of what I want to speak to you about tonight. Everybody said amen. High five your neighbor, smile real big, tell them it's going to be better. Amen. And you may be seated. Paul was on his journey to, to Rome. Many things had been prophesied to him concerning the path that he was taking. And probably... <clears throat> In all likelihood, he very well understood that this would be his last time of seeing these people that he loved so dearly. He would be leaving them. He had fed them. He he mentions in a few verses that we read to you tonight how that he had withheld nothing. He had given them all that he could give them to help in their spiritual journey. He had fed them with such devout care and he had been so devoted to them in love that he hazarded his own life so that he could bring them the gospel and teach them the word of God. I can only imagine what must have been going through his mind and thoughts concerning this New Testament church and these young believers, knowing what was already at work, and he speaks of those things that were already working, spirits that were already mounting themselves against this group of believers, and what he must have felt in his own spirit, knowing what he was leaving them to face knowing what was possibly coming down the road in their direction. And I read to you again, uh, for I know this, verse number 29, that after my departure, many grievous wolves will enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And not only that, but even among you, there will rise up those that will cause dissension and cause trouble to this New Testament church. And so he is endeavoring to leave them with a strong impression of the dangers that were awaiting them and what they were going to be exposed to. And amidst all of the dangers of the church and all of the spirits that had been marshaled against this 
uh, church of believers. The enemy of the faith lurked at the door. And there were spirits that had a destructive nature about them. They had nothing good. They were enemies to their spiritual life. And with that thought in mind, Paul, uh, whom had much entrusted to him, and now was trying to emphasize to them what had been entrusted to them, to what loving hands would he consign them and to whom would he entrust them as he departed and went on his way to Rome, not knowing what would come, only knowing that there were spirits and evil things that were awaiting his departure. And so he did what he felt was best. He did what he felt like was their best hope and their best opportunity. What was their best chance of survival and what is their best hope for a blessed future? It was in the hands of God and in the word of God. The best resource we have for life tonight is still this old book that some of us do not cherish as we ought to, but there is within it the word of life and everything we desire about our future and all of our hopes and dreams could find no better source of fulfillment than through the word of God. And he said, I commend you, I give you, I, I turn you over to the word of God, the word of grace, which is able to build you up. And the sense in which that word is stated means the strengthening of the people, that they would be made strong enough to withstand. What a beautiful statement and what a significant way to leave them. I am commending you to the word of grace that is able, everybody say it's able. It's able to build you up and make you sufficient for the hour that is before them. Paul knew that there was no better better source for a builder or a rebuilder than the word of grace. Nothing more powerful than this word. And in the beginning of 2020, I would that we could fall in love with this word like we never have before. The word that you have taken with you everywhere you go, you better make sure that this word this year becomes the priority of your life. Because if you want a successful 2020, if you want this to be the best year ever in your life, it better find its source and substance in what is written between these pages. It's not archaic. It's not old-fashioned. It's not out of date. It may be out of step with the time, but it's in step with God's will for my life, and there is no greater source for my help than what I can find in the Word of God. There's nothing that's more vital to my life than the Word of God. There is nothing that is more essential than the Word of God. Take a journey with me. The most powerful source and resource that I have for my life, I have in 
the Word of God. Anybody have your Bible with you tonight? Come on, lift up your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you got a phone with a Bible on it, lift up your phone. That's not good enough, but that'll do for right now. Man, that right there, that, that that you hold in your hand, go ahead and keep them up. That that you hold in your hand is your best resource for whatever you desire, whatever you dream, whatever you hope for in your family or on your job or in your life or in your relationship. The greatest resource you have to seeing that come to pass is in your grasp right now. And if you and I do not take advantage of that and utilize that, it is our fault, not God's fault, because he gave us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And he said, they're yours. They're in your hand now. Amen. You can put them down. The most powerful resource that we have at our disposal is the word of God. Listen to what the scripture calls it. Philippians 2.16 said it's the word of life. You want a better life this year? You want abundant life this year? Get back in the word. Find out what God has to say. I'm going to tell you, folks, you can't go to a better source because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. I don't take my Ford truck to a Chevy dealership. I know they might know a lot about vehicles and they know a lot about trucks, but they don't know anything about my Ford. I'm going back to a Ford dealer. If I want to go back to the source of where I was made and who created me, who thought it up and who put me where I am, I need to go back to the author of that book. I need to go back to its beginning and find out what does God have to say about my life this year? It needs to be the preeminent thing in our life. Psalms 119. Go to Psalms 119. We're going to just journey through there for a few minutes. The power of the Word of God. Psalms 119, the most powerful source in your life that is a restraining force. That is a restraining force that will keep you and prevent you is the word of God. Psalms 119 and 9. He said, With wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? How is a young man or an old man or a middle-aged man or any kind of man going to cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. Verse 11, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Amen. Psalms 119 and verse 133 tells me that it is a guiding force. When I need direction, there's no better source to go through to than the word of God. It's amazing how many times I have just needed a word of direction and I've opened that book and I found written in its pages exactly what I need for that moment. Psalms 119, 133, he said, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Psalms 119 and 162 tells me that this word is the source of my joy. 
You want a happier year? You want to be a happier person? You want to have a better disposition that people can get along with? Quit blaming your wife or your husband or your neighbor or your cat or your dog or whatever, your boss, and look in the mirror and say, you know what? The reason that I am happy or not happy has nothing to do with what anybody else is doing to me. It has to do with what's going on up here in my own head and in my own heart. Psalms 119, 162. He said, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 talks to us about the sanctifying, cleansing power of the word. How many of you know you need to be cleansed? How many of you take a bath regularly? I hope. Why? Because we wouldn't want to be around you if you hadn't. I mean, your your smelly sense may not be working, but mine is. But the reason we go take a bath on a regular basis is because we want to keep ourselves clean and presentable and amicable. And there's something else that needs to happen. We need a washing of the word on a regular basis because it's amazing what junk can attach itself to your life and my life without me even trying to be evil or wicked or vile. It's amazing how many bad thoughts and words that can creep into your vocabulary that if you don't have a regular cleansing of the word in your life, if there's not something that's working continually to wash your mind clean, you'll give up just like the rest of the world is giving up. That's why the news media is so negative right now. Part of the reason, because they have no hope. This is as good as it gets. I have news for you. This isn't as good as it gets. It's going to get better. Amen. But while I'm getting better, God's going to work on me and he's going to wash out stuff in my life that doesn't need to be there. You know, it is amazing. I, 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 I was driving a while back, and you can't see it. And I've said this before, but you can't see it until you get in the right light. But I was heading out the other day to go somewhere, and I turned my vehicle in the direction of the bright sunlight. And at first, I thought I had cataracts. I thought I had... there. I needed to wipe my eyes because there was this hazy film. And I thought, sure enough. Now, I don't don't junk my truck up. I I don't try to do something to make it that way, but just the process of time. All of the... The stuff, just the inhaling and exhaling while you're driving, there, you, there's, there's an accumulation of stuff that gets to where you can't see as clearly as you need to see. And so you got to get a rag out. You got to wipe that window down. If you got the money, you can go have somebody else do it for you. But life has a way 
of attaching things to you that obscure your vision and get you off on tangents and things that are of no value or importance. And there's nothing like the word of God to purge and wash and clarify your mind and your thinking. When you get into a bunch of stinking thinking, you better get back to the word and let that word begin to wash over your mind and wash that garbage out of your mind because if you're not careful, it can take roots. Amen. And then it becomes more difficult to dislodge. You know, some people have a negativity bias. Oh, it's getting quiet now. Some of you must, I must be talking to some of you. You just have a, a tendency. That's the way you're going to look at life. That's the way you interpret life. We need to change our negativity bias. And if you get into the word of God, that word will change your negativity bias. Amen. Hallelujah. I ought to get paid double for that statement. If you get into the word of God, it has a way of balancing out all of that toxic stuff that can accumulate in your mind and thinking to where you feel like nobody loves you and everybody's against you and the church hates you. Hey, this church doesn't hate anybody and nobody hates you. It's just the fact that if you're not careful, you can let that little bit of junk get in your mind and it'll irritate you. It'll gnaw on you. It'll make you imagine things that are not even true. Amen. Praise God. Maybe I need to camp out a little bit more here. It seems a little heavy right now. Some of you are shell-shocked, I'm telling right now. Amen. God, wash us, sanctify us, and cleanse us. The Bible harmonizes our life. Titus 2 and 12 said it teaches us, and I need teaching. I need instruction. I, I need, I'm not smart enough to know what I need to do. I know some of you are much smarter than I am. Probably most of you are much smarter than I am, but none of us are smart enough to be able to chart our own path and determine our own course. We can't see far enough. We don't know enough. We haven't been down the road long enough, but he's there. He's there right now. He lives in eternity, past and present. He is right now in your future. And if you want to know what the future is going to look back, get in the book and get in the word of God and embrace that word and let it instruct you on how to get to a better place. Amen. Praise God. Oh, I need to start over. Genesis 1. Two and three tells me that his word gives order where there has been chaos. That's how powerful this word is. When you get to a place in your life where your mind is clouded and troubled 
and you can't think clearly. You need to get into the word. You need to let the word get in you because his word will drive out that chaos. It will drive out that darkness. It will not allow that to resist itself against his word. It has to flee when he said darkness, leave darkness, move. Then that darkness had to move. I'm here to tell you that if there's anything we need in 2020, we need the God of glory and uh, and his word to speak to us and speak so clearly to us that it will drive out all the chaos and nonsense that goes on that absorbs all of our time and our energy and we fight useless battles over stuff that doesn't even matter. Amen. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 55 and 11 tells me that it is effectual, that it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent and it will not return void. It is impossible for God's word to return void. Titus 2 and 5 tells me that the word of God gives me a standard of conduct for my life. If you don't know how to act, you don't know how to behave, Get back in the book. You'll find real quickly that God has a plan. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23 said it's the source of new life. First Peter 2 and 2 said it is the source of spiritual growth. The reason a lot of people have quit growing that's been around the church all of their life is because they have quit going to the word. The only time they hear the word is when they come to church. Amen. I don't mean to make you uncomfortable, but I do need to make you aware that your best resource for this year is not in some great plan that you came up with and some great resolution that you've determined. The best thing that you and I can do for our lives and for this church is to get back in the Word and get back in the book and let the book get back in us. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Psalms 107 and 20 tells me that the word of God is a source of my healing. He sent his word and healed them. James 1 and 18 tells me that it has the power to generate and regenerate. John 8 and 32, it has the power to make me free. Psalms 119, 130 tells me that it has the power to illuminate my life. Help me. Too many decisions are being made in the dark. Too many decisions are being made in the dark or in the shadow or in the twilight when they need to be drugged into the light of the word and say, all right, is this really the right thing for me to do? Based on what this book said, based on what his word determined, is that the best way to live? Is that the best attitude to have? Is that the best spirit to embrace? And when I let that word become a light to my life, it's amazing what it will illuminate. It is amazing what it will help me see that I could not see before that word entered my heart. Amen. How many times has the word of God convicted me when I was so blind and so prideful that I didn't think I was the problem? 
I thought they were the problem. I thought until I got into the presence of God and his word started working on me. And when his word started working on me, as a light came on and I realized, no, Lord, it's, it's, it's not them that need you. It's me. I'm the one that needs that transformation. I need that kind of light. Amen. We live in extremely wicked time, very dark hour. You cannot afford to make decisions based on the present darkness. Amen. You cannot afford to let your life and its future be determined by the culture that you live in right now. You better get back to the author and say, okay, God, what works best? What's going to give the best 2020? What's going to give me my best vision for 2020? It's getting back with the Word and in the Word and the Word getting in us. You know, it's one thing for us to have the Word, but for the Word to have us, that's what is most important. And some of us have it. We have it right now. But I'm not sure that it has us. It has me. I want it to have me. I want it to become the priority of my life. 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17 says that the word of God makes wise. How many of us could use a little wisdom this year? Man, your halos are tilted right now. How many of us need to know how to live more wisely To live more skillfully. The word wise means skillful. That you have the tools to be able to do the best job. How vital it is that we understand the tools that God has given us for a better life. If you want a better relationship in your marriage, if you want a better relationship on the job, if you want to learn something about humility, if you want to learn something about growth, if you want to learn something about mercy, if you want to learn something about love, get back to the Word of God. Love it. Embrace it. Amen. Because it makes us wise. Amen. I want to be the wisest man I can be in 2020. And I promise you it's not going to come because I embrace some new age philosophy or I embrace some cultural relevant idea. It's going to be because I go back to the root. I go back to the word of God. 90,000 Jews gathered Uh, This was January the 1st. I'm not sure when it happened, but it was recently. January 1st was when I read the article. 90,000 Jews met in MetLife Stadium in New York, and they concluded seven and a half years of reading the Talmud, which is their, their Bible, really. I guess you could call it that. It's their belief system. And, and, and they've spent uh, seven and a half years going through the reading, reading one page a day. 
And in that length of time, they have finally come to the finish of this reading of the Talmud. And this is what they said. Nazi Germany and the Nazis tried to destroy the Talmud. They burned the Talmud because they knew the power the Talmud had over our life to help us rebuild our lives. And if they in their blinded stupor could believe that about a Talmud, which is man-made, what ought you and I to think about a God-made book by inspiration of the Holy Ghost? Amen. That it's able to help you rebuild. I don't care how broken. I don't care how fractured. I don't care how messed up. The Word of God has the ability to help you put those pieces back together or put them in order. Sometimes it's not just rebuilding we need. We need reordering of our life. We've got priorities that have been messed up. I'm preaching to some of you tonight. If you don't realize that, I am right now. Some of us have allowed life to so distract us that we've let things of lesser importance slip in and we can justify it because it's necessary. We can justify it because it's needed. And the reality is it has shifted our ability to really see as we ought to see. And we are making decisions and we are determining direction that is not always the, the wisest for us. We need the word And that word needs to get in us, amen, because it will make us wise. And it's not, like I said, it's not always about rebuilding something. Sometimes it's about reordering our life, putting stuff in the place where it belongs. And I think at the beginning of 2020, the best thing we could do for ourselves is sort through our priorities and find out what really matters. What's going to pay the best dividend this year? What's going to result in the best outcome? When I get to the end of 2020, if the Lord tarries, will I be in a better place? Or will I be just as confused and messed up then as I am perhaps at the beginning of the year? God, help me to get my life ordered. Reorder it by your word. Order my steps, Lord so that they make sense and they work. In 2020, we need the word, listen to me, this word needs to become the final say in my life. I don't care what the network says. I don't care what Facebook says. I don't care what people say. I don't care what the pundits say. I don't care what the whippoorwill says. I want to go back to the book. I want to hear what the book has to say. And I want this to be what governs my life. Not what CNN's reporting. Not what Fox News is talking about. Not what the Republicans or the Democrats are doing. But I want my life ordered and governed by the one thing that's going to stand the word. This world's going to melt with a fervent heat. But my word will stand forever. And I want my life to be ordered. I want it to be the final say. What the word of God says 
should be the umpire in my soul. It should be what calls the shots. Amen. Some of us need an umpire. We all need an umpire. But we need that voice to speak and say, no, 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 no. That's not of me. That's not... That's not an attitude or a spirit that is, that, that is reflective of who I am. Amen. Now, I know, I, know, I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight. I see your, your righteousness, and I appreciate that, and I applaud that. But I also know beyond all of that, there's a carnality that lurks in every one of us that none of us are exempt from having to deal with. And all it takes for it to resurrect itself is for you to ignore that word. And all of a sudden, it can justify anything you want to do. It can give you a thousand reasons, and it sounds so plausible that you would agree that that's the wisest thing in the world to do. Until you go back to the book. The word of God needs to have the sway over my life in my decision making. It needs to have control. Somebody say influence. Influence. That's what needs to influence me this year. This is what needs to influence me this year. What he has to say about me and about us and about our future. When I look at the things of flesh, I am overwhelmed. But when I look to the things of the Spirit, I am made to understand that I am more than a conqueror through Him that loved me. There is nothing that can separate me from the love of God, neither death nor life nor things present nor things to come, height nor depth nor principalities or power. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Where did I find that out at? I didn't find that out on Facebook because you go to Facebook and you're going to find out how many people don't like what you have to say. And they don't like who you are. You know, that's what that thing is. That's what I understand. If you get a bunch of those, you need to go back and check what's going on in your life. Best thing to do is just get off of that thing. Amen. Yeah. We're letting too many other things influence our spiritual life. And we need to go back to where there's one thing that controls and rules. Let it have such a grip on you that nothing can shake it away from you. Amen. Let the word of God have preeminence. Everybody know what preeminence is? Amen. I know you know what that is. It means it has the first place. Not a place, but first place. Amen. When it has preeminence, it has authority to speak into your life and whether you like it or not. He said, when I took it, it was bitter to my taste, but sweet when it got on the inside. Sometimes there's things, you know, I, I think some people think I enjoy beating people up when I preach. I don't enjoy beating people up. I don't enjoy being uh, 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 difficult when I preach sometimes. Maybe my attitude needs to be uh, refined a little bit or my preaching skills. But I have never come to this pulpit wanting to hurt somebody by the word. But I know this much. I've preached many times where the word hurt me. 
Amen. It, it hurt me because I needed to be hurt. It wounded me. It's, it touched me. It stirred me. And I don't ever want that to change because I want the Word of God to have the authority in my life. Amen. Let the Word of God have preeminence. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. Go with me very quickly and I'm going to close. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 10. He said, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man, every man, every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. There is only one foundation. And what I build on that foundation needs to be in my consciousness. Amen. And for he goes on to say, For other foundations can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And if any man's work abide, she hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. Amen. Praise God. Paul is talking to the New Testament church about what they do with the foundation that has been given them and what they built upon that foundation. Amen. And he said, I want you to be careful what you give yourself to and what you pour yourself into. Be attentive to the type of structure you build. Attend to what matters Invest in what matters. It's costly to build a blessed life. But it's the only thing that I know of that will not burn up. God help us to understand that. Paul spoke of the material that was being used. Gold and silver and precious stone or wood or hay or stubble. Paul said, make sure that when you're building on that foundation that you check the material that's going into your life. Now, understand me. Paul is not just talking about building with the wrong thing, but building with inferior things. When you compare gold and silver and precious stone to that of wood And hay and stubble, there is no comparison of the worth and value of those two. They speak of opposites and extremes. But Paul said you need to be careful of what you allow into your life to be the deciding factor. And you do not need to forget that it's either going to come out junk or jewels. Amen. And I have news for you. 
Junk in gets junk out. If you want your life to matter, don't waste your life in 2020 on worthless things. Don't waste your energy. Make your life count in 2020. Invest in that which has value. Truth. Amen. Somebody say truth. We need to fall in love with what is true. We need to fall in love with holiness. I said this Sunday night, I'm going to say it again. I don't care how you try to massage, manipulate, try to think it through, think it out, or do away with it. You are never going to separate holiness from God or God from holiness. God is holy. It's not just something that he does. It is who he is. And it's who we need to be, a holy people. Make your life count. Fall in love with holiness. There's nothing to hate about holiness. Nothing about holiness that restricts me, but it does empower me. It helps me to live a better life. The things that I put into my life are of importance. Make sure that you invest in worthwhile things. Things that fire cannot destroy, only make pure. Because fire is going to test you. And one of two things is going to happen this year. You're either going to burn up or you're going to come out of it pure. Amen. Closer, nearer more in line with his will. Don't mix precious with the defiled. Don't mix truth with error. Amen. Build with precious things. Gold, silver, and precious stones, things that will last. Building and rebuilding with the right stuff is critical for all of us this year. And the best resource that I have for a blessed 2020 is the blessed Word of God that you have with you tonight. And we better take advantage of that and fall in love with it and obey it and live it and respect it and honor it. Amen. Because with it comes life and blessing and power and anointing. Amen. You want the anointing of God on your life? Then get back in the Word. My best resource, the best builder source right here. Amen. You want to build a better life? You want to build a better you? You want to be a better person? I've been working on that this year. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm getting closer, I think. Amen. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. And rebuilding something of that nature cannot afford to be wasted on frivolous things that will pass and melt with a fervent heat. I want to put stuff in my life that no matter what the world or what the life that I live this year brings me, when I get to the end of the year, I'll be in a better place I'll be more purified, closer to him, and cleaner than I've ever been in my life. Amen. Stand with me. 
I need God's Word in my life. I, I, I would challenge you to get back uh, into the book. We, we've got readers' resources. We've got uh, uh, bread pamphlets that you can take home that will help you if you don't know what else to do. I mean, my goodness, it doesn't take a rocket science degree to figure out. Just open it. Open it. Amen. I I would not want to take a poll tonight of how many people in this congregation have read any of the Bible this year, but I would dare say we would all probably be embarrassed. Oh, you can say, well, I quote it. I, I, I think about it. Come on, get off of that. You need to do more than just think about it and quote it. You need to go back and reread it because I found myself a few times misquoting something or I missed something. But when I go back and read it again, it comes alive and it becomes that power to transform my life. If this church needs anything, it needs to refocus its attention on the things that really matter and the Word of God. Before we poured the foundation of that new building, we took Bibles and put them in every corner and we put them all the way across the front of that building so that anybody that walks through those doors is going to be walking in over the Word of God. I want it to be more than just in the foundation. I want it to be in us. Amen. Because it is that word that's going to give us life. Peace. Amen. Father, we love you tonight. We are thankful for the word. I know we don't cherish it like we should. There may come a day, Lord, when we do not have access to it like we do today. If that day were to come, Lord, I pray that we would have hid enough of it in our heart that we would not stray, that we would not falter. God, help us to understand that if we're having problems and dysfunction in our life, if our life is chaotic right now, we need to get back to the Word. If we're living in darkness and we're just groping along and trying to hope for a better day, that if we would just get back in the Word, the word would turn light on that would help us navigate. God, I'm asking you to help me. I'm not where I need to be right now. I pray that something would be quickened in all of us that would draw us near and close to you and let it come through the power of your word. In the name of Jesus, would you lift your voice with me right now and just praise the Lord for a moment? Hallelujah. Come on, church family. Uh, Yes, we need you tonight, God. We need you tonight, God. We need you tonight.